There is nothing wrong with your internet. Do not attempt to adjust your settings. We are controlling the podcast. We control the squealing and the screams. We can make your heart flutter, your eyes blur from tears, or sharpen your mind to crystal clarity. For the next hour, sit back. We are in control of what you hear. We repeat, there is nothing wrong with your setting. You are about to experience the awe and mystery known as the female mind. You are now entering the Fangirl Zone. Welcome to Falling Pieces. I'm Terry. A podcast dedicated to the NBC series Debris. I'm Sean Fangirl S. Exclusively on the Fangirl Zone. I'm Steve. We have some ratings for episode six. It brought in a 2.43 million viewers with a 0.36 rating in adults 18 to 49. So we dropped another 20,000 viewers, but we ticked up Five one hundreds in our eighteen to forty nine rating. One day uh, I'll understand what the hell these rating numbers mean. <laughs> but today is not that day. No, I feel like the Monty Python thing. My brain hurts. <laughs> <laughs> uh, initial reactions for this episode, guys. What do we got? Like I will say something I have said repeatedly in almost every show Steve and I have done. Yeah. Kids <laughs> are creepy in these kind of shows. She wasn't I am creepy. not backing down from that. No. Oh, come on. Creepy. Most of this episode, she was creepy. She wasn't creepy. She looked like she needed to take a good dump, but she wasn't creepy. <laughs> that side eye, that was, okay, that was a hella side eye she was doing at one point. Come yes. on. Like, my eyeballs hurt. With how how much of a side eye she was doing. That's all. Uh, don't be picking on her. She was all right. All right. Well, what was your initial reaction, Terry? To her, to the whole thing. To the whole thing. Uh, I really love this episode. It had some obvious fringeness to it, um, and I thought the um, I thought we had some revelations that were shocking, and I love the the whole dynamic when we get to it about when they go to the the main guy we first talk about brother's house and we see the main guy uh, the first guy's daughter who's this guy's niece and that whole family dynamic and that whole thing and i really like what happened uh at the end what she did to him you know where he was kind of doing his imitation of that drinking bird thing that you <laughs> you know i i thought the uh, yeah i thought the uh, the mental uh, dorito chip you know routine right to the old skull was priceless well i'm gonna bring up something that neither one of you have brought up so far he always and maddox is a fucking lunatic yeah wow what a torture scene that was that was (laughs) cut into his brain and insert a metal plate come on yeah 
I mean, just the, you know, the suspense was when they were clipping all these different things to different parts of his body. Yeah. And it was like, oh, we got a hand, we got a finger, we got a toe. I was like, oh, my God. And then they start doing this slice. I'm like, oh, my God, is this Hannibal Lecter crap? What the hell is this? (laughs) And then that piece of metal. I know we're going to get there, but it's like, what is going on? Yeah. Yeah. Well, like Maddox said, you know, I've been able to get some information when people thought it couldn't be gotten. (laughs) Clearly so. Yeah. I guess so. (laughs) All right. Well, we are recapping season one, episode seven. You can call her Caroline. Hi, Caroline. Don't call her late for dinner. (laughs) That's right. Our first group of pieces includes at a public pier, a couple waits for a ferry to arrive, but it's running late. And that little flipping man. back and forth was great. Yeah, yes. Was <laughs> Overbearing father. What? What did you say? <laughs> Nothing. And a man starts to shake and kind of looks pretty ill as everyone around him, except for one Oriental lady, freezes. Yeah. She puts her hand out and he hands her his duffel bag and she just walks off and he pulls out a gun puts it to his head and clicks the trigger yeah I some... like what yeah <laughs> holy crap yeah somehow i think the new ad campaign for doordash isn't gonna work yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's not gonna really get people to use your service yeah i thought he was actually gonna hurl yeah he looked I mean, like he was yeah you know and then because you didn't notice everybody around him had frozen then, you know, the camera started going. I was like, whoa, wait a minute. Yeah. Well, I thought it was weird because you see them all frozen and the one girl who takes the bag. Right. Like she moved. I'm like, okay, was that a screw up and they weren't supposed to show her yet? Right. <laughs> yeah. Or what, you know, what was going on? I'm like, huh, this is so weird. What was that challenge where everybody took pictures of groups of people and everybody froze? It wasn't the statue challenge. What the hell was that called? Mannequin it was big challenge or something like that? Mannequin challenge. Something. Yeah. yeah. That's what yeah, so that's an intense way to begin the episode. Oof, yeah. And we see Brian meeting with Maddox, who tells him about Ash and Influx. He shows Brian Ash's phone, but Brian doesn't recognize the encryption. It's Klingon. Yeah. I would say it looked alien. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he tells Maddox, he thinks Finola and MI6 know about her dad. What? Yeah, I love it. It's like, oh, how do you know that? Or why do you think that? I thought he was going to, like, actually admit it. Oh, he told her. Right. No. (laughs) So you can tell that even though he told Finola that, yes, he's got to be a good guy because he saved my life, he's still in there just kind of dropping breadcrumbs to see if he can help her prove that he's not who he Brian thinks he is. Mm -hmm. I think he needs, he's kind of, you know, proving against himself because I think there is a piece of him that's struggling, which we don't know what it is yet that Maddox did save his life. Right. We don't know how and from what yet. Um, But he's struggling with the fact that, you know, there's a lot of stuff we're saying here that really doesn't make him look good. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah. So and first, then the fact that we see what we see later, later, I'm like, uh, yeah, yeah. This is a good guy. <laughs> oh my god. So Brian tells Fanola that he told Maddox about her knowing about her dad, but he wants to wait for any evidence that proves yeah. Fanola's right about Maddox. She is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> In Maine, an orbital team says they traced the calls to a phone and ID'd the buyer. Oh. A guy named Liam, but he shot himself. They found wow. the woman he gave his bag to, but she has no memory of it and no bag. Hmm. So This is really weird because, yeah, she's just wandering along. Was it the side of the road somewhere they said? I think right? that's what they said, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Uh, do you not remember where you were to at least turn around and go back? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So they go and visit the man's brother, Luke, who hasn't yet told his niece, Caroline, about her dad's death. Tells them his brother found some strange alien pieces in the marsh behind his house and was going to sell them on the black market. He was awfully open. Yeah. Like, are you a little too forthcoming here? Yeah, he even mm -hmm. gives them Liam's laptop. Man, know. wrote down the password. Yeah. Oh, aren't you helpful? Uh-huh. Yeah. Made that seem awful suspicious. Yep. Look at how bad we are. We are looking at somebody who was being helpful <laughs> and like mourning his brother. And we're like, that was suspicious. I don't know about him. Right. We should be on orbital. That's all I was <laughs> We belong on Orbital. <laughs> See, all these years of watching Doctor Who has caused us to not trust anything and anyone. Yes. Oh, I thought you were going to say Law and Order, but anyway. Oh, that too. <laughs> now, of course, before they leave to explore the marsh, the guy asks Fanola if she's had any experience uh, breaking yeah. the news to a child that their parents have passed. And Fanola just tells him that you've got to convince her that you're there for her. Mm -hmm. Excellent advice. Because the creepy kid walked in, didn't say anything. Oh, yeah. stop picking on her. <laughs> creepy kid. She's not creepy. She was. So back on the road, Fanola sees Liam had visited several conspiracy theory websites. <laughs> and out of nowhere, Fanola remembers they never checked the marsh where Liam found the debris. How could we have ever forgot that? Yeah. I just assumed they jumped ahead. That's what I thought. Yeah. <laughs> but, but yeah, no. just like, uh, wait a second. So they return to the marsh, and Fanola immediately starts to act strangely and says she doesn't want to be there. And that she thinks it doesn't want them there, so she leaves right away. Yeah. That kind of freaked me out. Just yep. a bit. Yeah. Because <laughs> I was thinking it had something to do, and she actually references it to, was it the first episode? Right. When uh, the, the, the kid through the kid interacted with her. Right. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. So back at the car, Fanola tells Brian it spoke to her in a whisper. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that's we have a not good. Creeptastic beginning to this episode. <laughs> yeah, I'm enjoying I was I was sitting there going, yeah. 
So our next group of pieces um, includes Maddox having Ash strapped to a kind of what I thought, once I saw the equipment, an electric chair. Um, not the kind you would think in prisons, but kind of like that. And then uh, they start hooking all these little uh, sensors and electrodes on his extremities, like his hands or fingers. They take off his socks and they clip things on his toes. Uh, I thought like, they were oh. going to electrocute him when they took off right. his socks. And that's what like I thought. Bucket. And that's greased his feet. Greased his feet See, up. I didn't know what they put on. I'm like, what the hell was that's that? That's for the electrical current to pass through. Yep. Helps it pass through, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I just thought he was strapped in and the head strap first. And then when I had a wider shot and I saw the equipment, when people were coming, I'm going, oh, crap, they're going to electrocute this guy. Yeah. <laughs> he looked nervous when he couldn't turn his head and you just hear all the carts coming in. Uh, I, I liked too. that visual, too. I, yeah. I know I'm weird. But like him trying to turn his head and look and all you see is the wheels. Yeah. And it's like a whole lot of them coming in. <laughs> yeah. I'm like. That would probably scare the mess out of me too. Yeah, I mean, you hear all these, you hear the wheels, you hear all these footsteps coming in. It's like, oh god. So then, uh, um, which went to the um, creep factor even bigger and shows us how nasty Maddox can really be, because he's kind of touting his own abilities in the past to get information out of people that other people thought couldn't be gotten. Uh, somebody decides to pull like a little Hannibal Lecter on the side of Ash's head. I was, that was like, messed up. I was like, oh, isn't that nice? They're going to give him a haircut for free. Right. But, but the Matt needle so in the head was, part, was really creepy, too. It was like, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. He's like, oh, don't worry. It's, it's Novocaine. Novocaine. Yeah. It's better this way. It's like, oh, my God. <laughs> and my and, first, my first, go ahead. Go ahead. You I was going to say, and when he, when they're doing everything and he's like, breathe, breathe. Yeah. Uh, okay. I'm trying not to swear. Sorry, guys. But it was like, um, excuse me. Let me shove something in your head and see how good you're gonna do. <laughs> and Just I, you know, when he first put it in there, and I'm I'm sitting there acting all clinical, and I'm thinking, is that gonna like numb part of his brain? So if it does, are you gonna really get any answers out of him? You know, and then I'm trying to remember which side of the brain is does the logic, and the other side's the creativity, and I couldn't remember. And it happened so fast. And the next thing you know, they shove this piece of metal in there. And then my next thought is, well, there goes being able to wear a baseball cap. <laughs> That's was just this shot. supposed to be like just under the scalp? Because they didn't have like a, a bone saw. No. Yeah. It, it, it wasn't that big, scalp. but it was still an inch or two, it so, sure seemed like. So still like I was cringing and I swear my yeah. head has been itching since like in one uh, spot. Like, oh, but uh, how amazing was it when Maddox tells him to think about the church that yeah. in the town that he grew up in. And eventually we see that appear on their monitor and you go, Oh, this is, that was so yeah. cool though. Yes. Cool, but damn creepy. <laughs> I love that. That was great. Maybe think of Walter's uh, universe window. Yeah. Where you could see. Yeah. But all of a sudden you see that little thing of this, of the church. I'm like, damn, <laughs> Oh, this is good. This is really good. <laughs> but Maddox is still Captain Creepo. Um, uh, yeah, no denying that. You could see why he was telling, you know, patting himself on the back, telling Ash, you know, how good he was. Because, yeah, this would be something that would make me talk. Yeah. 
so then Brian, <clears throat> we go back to uh, Brian and Fanola, and he says that Liam's last call was to his ex-wife. And so they go to see her. And she tells them that Liam had pleaded with her to get Caroline if something happened to him. Uh, she's Caroline's mom. And she said no. And when they asked, she goes, because Caroline belongs there. Just the fact that she said no so fast, I was like, uh, what the heck just happened? Right. Was, and she like, even tells them that she fought for Carolyn in the divorce and got custody. Mm -hmm. and, and the new husband's like, no. Yeah, no. She's where she belongs. How and creeped out. And for a second, I'm too. like, <laughs> yeah. Well, for a second, I'm like, all right, what's he doing that he's all weird? Is he, you know, one of those crazy controlling Stepford right wives. Yeah. Stepford wives. <laughs> I'm telling you. Because the way she said, because Caroline belongs there, it was like, hi. <laughs> you know, she belongs there. Yeah. <laughs> like, okay, what is not happening? Isn't the sky a pretty shade of purple? Yeah. <laughs> It's beginning to feel like a Channel Zero episode here real quick. Oh, my God. Yeah, it was. Because when she said no at first, I was like, well, you're a crappy mom. And then when she, you know, flips the switch, belongs there. I was like, okay. <laughs> we see where the girl gets it. Yeah. Mom. No kidding. So uh, Caroline walks out and actually sits down in the marsh. And uh, I guess she won't be allowed to sit on the couch for a while. And uh, pieces of debris go right toward her underwater. I couldn't figure it out at first because it looked like fish or minnows or right, you know, yeah, whatever. that was my. <laughs> I said, "Yeah, the debris are acting like minnows." <laughs> yeah, and then I'm like, "Wait, that's like the stuff." Okay, this is weird. And they just were going right to her, zoom, you know. And I was like, "Damn," you know. And so then uh, the team decides to go back to Luke's house to see Caroline. And Caroline, again, walks out to the marsh. Fanola follows her. And while she's checking her, she checks her temperature. It's just a mere 423.5 degrees. <laughs> That's L factor is off the charts. Yeah. Um, so Caroline then sees the team on the other side there checking out the marsh. And she says they have to leave. And then a little bit later on, she tells Fanola that Luke, that's her uncle, makes her get the pieces from the marsh. I'm still trying to figure out how she's doing anything. Because that, she is. all the way through the end, has yeah. never been explained. I think that she must have had something with her, this is a bit of a stretch, that made the other pieces, like, even come out from underneath the sand. They had the one shot in the water where one piece like came out from under the sand at the bottom and started heading towards her. Maybe she had another piece with her because it's not like she, you know, like we're saying, she didn't have anything that we knew of. So maybe she did. And that's what made it to me. It would be like if you sit in, in, in the marsh there, it's like you're just going to get a wet butt. That's it. <laughs> you know, it was that's awfully muddy. It was, yeah. And I, and I was looking at her going, I don't think those boots are doing you any good now. Right. <clears throat> so. Um, <laughs> Got mud in your wellies. You mud in your wellies. <laughs> so I think we need a call with uh, child labor laws to our congressman over this, uh, <laughs> making her get pieces. I'm a little upset about that. <clears throat> so then um, Brian in the house, 
uh, tells Luke to gather some of Caroline's things for a few days. Because uh, earlier, uh, he tells uh, Luke tells him he can't remember being told to go and stay at a hotel. Um, okay. I don't think Brian or Fanola kind of talk gobbledygook. No. <laughs> and so that, to me, was another sign, because, you know, we had earlier Fanola and Brian saying, hey, we left without checking the marsh. Yeah. That doesn't so now make he's, any sense. Yeah, so now he's saying, I don't remember you telling me. And it's mm. like, yeah, that's where my my spidey senses started to tingle there. Creepy <laughs> kids at this point. Exactly. And it's just piling on the creepiness. It's not a creepy kid. He's the creep. <laughs> but it's piling at this point. We don't know that. She's sitting in the mud. She's got pieces coming to her. I've sat in mud. And, and the Uncle Luke kid. doesn't know what's going on. I've yeah, sat did in mud. Did you have alien pieces start coming to you? <laughs> I am an alien piece. Let's just put that on the record. <laughs> and so, we uh, have we have a super side eye happening around about now. I think you're anti kid. I, I, I'm, okay, I'm just going to be true. I'm going to throw the gauntlet out because <laughs> she was not a creepy kid. She was a kid who was stuck in the middle of a really messed up situation and being so young, she didn't know what to do about it. That doesn't make you creepy. That makes you screwed. <laughs> I'm screwed in this situation. I don't know how to get out of it. That doesn't make you creepy. Now, being in a screwed situation and you start, you know, doing sexual stuff with wombats. Now that makes you creepy. But she wasn't doing that. <laughs> Were no wombat. To That's be a back. whole different show. That was I know. Magicians. That's a, and it was a sloth. Come on, or, yeah. at, least, or at least, or, or at least an episode of Doctor Phil. So let's get back uh. in. So while, <laughs> so while Luke goes off to go gather her stuff, Brian notices on a table Liam's duffel bag. Mm. So so now the spidey senses are really tingling here. And uh, Brian is kind of like, do I walk out or do I kick this guy's rear end? What do I do? Or do I need the cone of silence? Yeah. Uh, what do I need here? So then back outside, Caroline tells Finola, this was some serious stuff, that she thinks Luke hurt her father and keeps her mom away. Uh, we find that she's more right than you think. Right. Yeah. Later on. Uh, and that he also uh, wants her to keep getting more pieces. You know, just you go out and get them. And I'm thinking to myself, go get them yourself, schmuck. Yeah. <laughs> and she says because he keeps wanting to do it and she doesn't want to, she hides some. She doesn't give him everything that she finds. Yeah, some was a bit of an understatement. Exactly. Oh, my <laughs> Lord. Holy. <laughs> so uh, Luke tells Brian about how Liam found the pieces originally, but didn't really care about their power. Well, you shouldn't care about it either. But you hear him later talk about how, like, higher-ups, bigwigs, politicians, etc., kind of really stick it to, you know, the soldiers, which I'm sitting there going, damn right. I'm like, keep talking. I know this is a diversion, but keep yep. talking. <laughs> you know, I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. and. um so then he then tells Brian that what he did to Liam is going to hurt him for the rest of his life. Uh-oh. But Liam interfered with the mission. I, I was thinking it was some alien thing then. That's what I thought, yeah. I thought he was... Remember we said uh, somebody 
we thought was possessed like a few episodes back. This is what I thought was the case with him. Right. It's not far off, but, you know, it's not like an alien living inside of his body kind no. of thing. And the mission was to stop the bigwig higher-ups who are going to be meeting nearby uh, soon. They were going to have some big meeting or whatever. So he wants to stop it. And he even says, they want us to be machines. I'll give them one. It's the Lucinator. Yeah. <laughs> so, um... But the whole time he's talking, when they show Brian, it, to me, it looked like Brian was on the verge of tears the entire yeah. time. Yeah. Yep. Okay, so it wasn't just me, because no. I'm like... No. Well, he fulfills he's that. He's a pretty good actor. He fulfills he, that <laughs> later on. Yeah, he tags onto that later on in the episode, to why he would be doing that. You know, when, when uh, Luke is starting off talking about, you know, the higher-ups versus the soldiers scenario you know he knows that from his own experience and later on when we get to the climactic scene you know he he fulfills that so yeah he looked like he was tearing up to me too yep i was like damn so uh he he went through the same pain he even says to luke that people who can help him and you can hear in his voice yeah i've been there he's not just saying it to luke you can hear it in his voice great acting by the way yep and but then Luke just kind of flatly says to him, uh, maybe it's time he should go find his partner. Dun dun dun. dun. So yeah. Brian kind Brian of, just blindly gets up and walks off, and you go, this is not right. See, yeah. I felt like it looked like he was hesitating, like he was fighting at first because he like turned his head and it's you know it's like he didn't get up right away. Right. But then Luke oh, was oh, giving yeah. him that creepy stare down. Yeah. And then he finally got up. Well, I think he kind of felt like dejected, you know, like here, I know what you've been through. I know it's painful as hell. I'm telling you there are people who can help because I've been helped. And Luke basically just blew him off. And so he's kind of like, here's a fellow soldier that, you know, we stick together. I want to help him. And he just blew me off. Right. And I then I feel like that makes what happened later, later even yeah. more of a betrayal of Luke knowing full well that that Brian has basically been in been in it, you know, of mm -hmm. those eyeballs. Mm -hmm. So I felt like that was a huge betrayal on Luke's part. Oh yeah. But I, I mean more Luke, than just I'm the bad guy, I'm gonna do bad things. Like yeah. Yeah, that was just not cool. Yeah. 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 And then we see Luke get out some pieces and rub them in his hands and you just kind of go <laughs> what the hell? Ugh. So um so anyway, the team leaves, and they to me, they look like they left in a hurry. Oh, I don't yeah. know if anybody else, they just booked. <laughs> yeah. So then uh, Luke walks outside, Caroline's standing there, kind of sad and upset, and he comes down the stairs and says, well, see what you did? You made me waste too much energy on the team, the people that visited. And uh, I was like, oh, crap. And then he adds, he knows that she's been hiding pieces. Oh, double crap. And he asked, I have to say, though, what was the whole thing with Finola saying, oh, you have pretty eyes? It's like, was she trying to tell her something? I didn't think so. I thought that was yeah. weird because then the whole yeah. eye thing right. happened. Yeah, I think it was Finola trying to tell Caroline, don't let your eyes give up your hiding spot for the pieces you're hiding. Oh. I don't think the, I don't think she would have caught that. Maybe that she sense. maybe. Maybe that's what Finola meant, but I don't think she would have caught that. I just thought it was weird to put that in there. 
I see the and the way that she did it because what she she kind of shoots her eyes off to the side real quick. I just thought it was like a nervous reaction because he then asks her, you know, where did you where did you hide the stuff that you're not showing to me? And her eyes just kind of dart to the side towards the shed or the garage. But it or took a minute because he kept saying, "How is it protecting you?" Right. That's the part I couldn't figure out how that fits in. Yes, and that's the part that and her being able to like call it to her. Right. It's weird. You know where he's talking about how it protects you. Um, yeah, maybe now that we're talking about. Fanola saying the eyes. And again, I don't think Caroline would have picked up on it. When he said how it protects you, that might have been what made her. I still think it was a nervous reaction on her part, because um, sometimes your eyes will give you up, mm-hmm. <laughs> even though you don't want it to. It's true. They just, yeah. you know, like you you look somewhere that you don't want to look and you know you shouldn't look. And then your your brain says, look there. <laughs> you know, it's like, oh, crap. And I think... The protecting her line now to me makes sense because I thought, well, maybe I should just treat that as a throwaway line to where he finds the stuff. He looks the direction she is. That's towards a garage. So he makes a beeline and inside an old fashioned deep sea diving suit with the big round metal helmet. There's this mother load of debris pieces. Yeah. And And where did that thing come from? Come on. (laughs) I've got one here. What are you talking about? (laughs) I wear it when I go take a shower. So um, I think that when he said about how's it protecting you, the fact that they were inside that suit, I don't know if that would have been enough protection, you know, for it to not permeate through that and affect her too. But she didn't show any signs. More that he couldn't control her. Right. That too. Yeah, Yeah. That's where I think that was headed was, both Liam and Luke could not completely control her. Well, I think Luke more so because Liam, I don't think he would want to do to and with her gathering pieces like Luke has. I think Liam was probably more focused on, I don't know what this is, but I bet you I can get some money for it. Right. Could be. And I think Luke kind of figured out, maybe he was looking at the, um, uh, conspiracy theory sites too, and he was hearing about this debris because he mentions to Fanol and Brian, and they just kind of ignore it. Where he says there's debris falling from an alien ship and it's yeah, landing on Earth spaceship. Yeah, that and was... he and yeah, and the two of them are just kind of like not saying a word. Right. And I thought, well, maybe you've been using his laptop to look at the conspiracy sites yourself. Yeah. You know. So, but I think again, I don't think it would have been enough protection to. Uh, stop the debris from affecting her but maybe when he said how's it protecting you or what is protecting you i think that being inside that suit might have done it but she still would have had to carry it from the marsh into there to put it in the suit right you know so um maybe uh, it's the debris picking up on the fact of whether or not you're an evil so-and-so at the core right maybe that was it i mean liam we could assume wasn't. And so he was a victim of all this. Like he really didn't want to give the duffel bag over. And you could see him fighting not to pull the gun to his head at the pier. And Caroline is just kind of caught in the middle of this whole thing that she doesn't really fully grasp. And Luke is the only one. It's like, hi, I'm hanging around debris. I'm going to use this. Right. And even tells, you know, Brian about the mission. Liam got in the way of the mission. So I think it probably picked up on your your human nature, what you're like inside. 
And maybe that's, that's probably why they were going to Caroline because Caroline yeah. is a child and is still pure at that time. Hasn't been tainted uh, yet. She's yeah. innocent. Yeah. Yeah, she's not creepy. <laughs> she's creepy. Leave anyway, the kid alone. Let's go to the final group of Just for that, I'm going to put her up. I'm going to put her in front of you at the buffet line just to tip <laughs> you off. God, stop well, picking on the poor girl. On it. Anyway, <laughs> well, so Vanilla and Brian arrive back at the airport to board Air Orbital. Please keep your trays in the upright position. And a team member asks Brian, uh, what's going on? What happened to the little girl? That's uh, fine. Everything's fine. She belongs there. And like he said it. And I feel like the other teammate member was like, what are you talking about? You right. weirdo. Yeah. And that, I think, is what kind of clicked and caused Finola to stop. Right. And she's like, wait a second. How did we get here? Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yep. And I'm thinking, oh, this probably isn't good because where did Luke say he was going? The to the base, base, which is exactly where they are. <laughs> and you see him cutting through a fence, and I'm thinking, maybe it should have been electrified. And the Even pod Nick's dog agrees. Yeah, next the pod dog says, you have to electrify that fence. And he gets through the airport fence and uses his mind. Hold on. <laughs> Nix is very passionate about this scene. Yes. <laughs> Nix is like, don't cut through the... So he cuts through the fence and uses his mind to bring down a military plane, which I'm watching this going, all right, are you going to cause it to go up into flames too? But your whole point was, oh, they use military people like pawns. You just killed military yeah. people that were the pawns. Use the force, Luke. Yeah, except you... He obviously went dark side. And that's and yeah, and that's the that's the first step of the betrayal on a broad scope that he takes yes. down this military plan. Yep. Because he assumes that there's big wigs on there, but you don't know. Nope. More than likely not. They go for first class, not cars. Yeah, they, right. they're on the good planes, yeah. <laughs> the good ship. The good ship. Good ship lollipop. Uh, so Brian <laughs> starts to run when he sees the plane go down. And Vanola looks, and of course she's horrified, but she happens to turn her head and sees Luke. So she pulls out her gun and she's yelling at Luke to, you know, stop or she'll shoot. And that's when Brian's like, oh, wait, I should pay attention here. Yeah. But what surprised me is Luke makes her lower her gun and officers arrive and he makes them shoot each other, which I was like, damn, that yeah. sucks. Because again, the trail. And he tells her to, like, turn around and walk away, which surprised me. I'm like, why is he letting her, like, I guess, live? Not that I wanted her to die, but, you know. Yeah, come on Because now. when Brian comes up and puts his gun up, he starts saying, oh, it's like that. You've turned on me. And he puts or makes Brian put his gun up to his own head. That's and, another betrayal. Yep. Yeah, that was a huge betrayal in my mind. Yep. With everything that Brian shared with them, knowing that he was in Afghanistan, knowing that he lost guys, doing that, which is something that I think we all know is huge because so many vets have like PTSD and we've lost way too many vets who come mm -hmm. home and don't get, get the correct help. Right. And seeing that Luke did that, like I was pissed. <laughs> yeah. That's like an understatement. Yeah. But I was like super pissed. 
but I'm like, okay, he's doing that to Brian, knowing everything, but not making Finola do anything except turn around and not look. look. Away. And yeah. I thought Finola was going to start crying because she couldn't do anything. And you see both of them fighting like hell to try not to let Luke take over. Well, maybe he can only, which this kind of shoots it at the theory in the head because he's telling her to walk away. Maybe he can only focus on one person at a time. Like when she approached him as he was walking out, he could focus on her, forced her to point the gun down. Then when the officers show up, he gets one officer to turn his weapon on the other one. And then the one who fired on his partner, then he has him pointed at Finola. And then Brian comes up and um, he starts getting Brian to point the gun at his own head. So maybe he can only focus. I can't say all now because he's got her turned away and walking. I can only away. do so much. He could focus on one at a time. He could affect more than one, but he could only have his focus on one person at a time. You know what? That That's probably not too far out there because then you see him dump a bunch of the debris on the police car and yeah. he's like rubbing his hands on it so maybe it's like he's trying to power up to do more right. it's catnip yeah <laughs> yeah but what was weird is some of them stand like on edge yeah and he looked to me like it's just crazed look in his eye mm-hmm. you know like you half expect him to start doing the evil villain laugh like Mwah. <laughs> as he's playing with it and the next thing you know he rams his head down oh. and then this debris is just sticking out of his head and i'm like what the hell just happened <laughs> i'm like did he really lose it but no when they pan the camera up from him laying there with the debris in his head there's caroline yeah now brian and finola are released and finola had run over to caroline she's like did you do that for us it's like thank you it's like um I get the thank you, but kind of not exactly the She's way I not go with a that. creepy kid. <laughs> Damn. So she's able to control it. So how much was she controlling the whole time? I'm just saying. And, I, and I'm sitting there. Leave it out there. And I'm sitting there. If Maddox ever looks at video footage of this, he's going to say, "There's a new way to interrogate somebody. Yeah. Have them slam their own head into a piece of metal." <laughs> <laughs> <Thankful>. <laughs> But hey, Caroline is reunited with her mom, and her mom's like, I was trying to get to you, but then it kept slipping away, and okay, that's sweet. (laughs) And they're reunited, and I'm thinking, you mean you're not taking that kid in? Because I don't know if she's okay. Right, yeah. Well, I'd get a a, test on her. Yeah, I'd get a a full psych workup and then take her for a milkshake. (laughs) She can have the milkshake while she's having the workup. How about that? I don't think they can do that, but okay. (laughs) And then Fidola gets a phone call from her sister, Dee Dee. Dee Dee. Who's talking really flat, and she's Mm. like, I think I'm going to have a relapse. I need you to come home. I'm like, relapse? Weren't you just doing drugs two episodes ago? Yeah. Like, what's going on? And then she says... (laughs) You know, maybe we can go somewhere. You belong in London with me. Maybe we can go somewhere like Michelle's Country House. And that kind of took Finola back because she's like, Michelle's Country House? She's like, yeah, something like that. Mm. And it's like, huh, okay, this is weird. Yeah, Finola's reaction was like, uh uh-huh. Yeah. (laughs) Because at the same time, you have Maddox calling Brian saying he's finished his interrogation of Ash. Well, yeah, I wonder if he's still standing. Or did he finish Ash? Yeah. 
and uh we need you to get back to langley right away i'm like okay maddox wants brian back i'm sure he means the team but he wants them back at langley because we're preparing for a raid and oh yeah we also informed ferris and then you have Dee Dee just calling, be like, you have to come back home. It's like too much coincidence. Yeah. And then when Dee Dee hangs up the phone, she hands it to Ferris. And I'm like, what the hell? What did you do? What are you doing to her? There's a lot of people in that room. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then she looks at her phone and it looks like Fanola is typing something. But when they flash back to Fanola, she just is looking at the phone. So I was a little confused with that. Yeah, I didn't know if that was like a current message or or like an old message because when her phone rings, she picks it right up. Yeah. Yeah. So well, I'm guessing that was an old message. Well, you see a message that is oh, starting to be I just, typed. I just got an idea. And I'm not sure what message Fanola was looking at, but I have a feeling I, it was from Ferris. Because that's my theory is now that it's Ferris's phone, which would make sense for Dee Dee to hand it to her. But I think other episodes where it's like, I can't talk now because I think the last text that we saw, I might be misremembering, a few episodes back uh, was sent from Ferris to Fanola saying, I can't talk now. That was when they were in New York City. Right. Yeah, And, you know, I think that was the last text that we physically saw on the screen. And that looked like the last message in that string of text messages. Yeah. You know, I can't talk now. So, and of course, yeah, it's just weird. Panola tells Brian that, yeah, Didi used their safe word that they mm-hmm. used when they couldn't talk because mm-hmm. their parents were nearby. And mm-hmm. you go, okay. Yep. Yeah, it's like, okay, you got codes. All right. Now you know why she was acting funny, yeah. Yeah. But then, like, she's looking like, what could she be trying to tell me? Right. (laughs) And suddenly, Brian's like, "Uh, yeah, I think they found your father. It's like, wait, what? Maddox didn't say that. How the hell did we jump to that? I think, well, I think Maddox told him that. We just didn't hear the rest of the Right, yes. Oh, like off screen he said that? Yeah, because when he says about, he's also told Ferris, his voice trails off and we go to Dee Dee and uh, Fanola's call. Right. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, yeah, it's like. I, I don't know. That was just weird with the whole thing. And I still, I can't figure out what it was i was thinking the typing thing like when you see the bubble yeah was supposed to be <laughs> yes yeah, like they were in. putting something somehow into uh Penola's phone like a tracker or something to listen or you know like it was something embedded in text is what i was right. thinking yeah when but the, we don't when see it, anything come up so i don't know yeah we don't know <laughs> when one bombshell at the end isn't enough Right. <laughs> we used to, on following the pattern, a podcast I was on that was about uh, Fringe, We uh, one of the uh, co-hosts had coined the phrase, the snake in the mailbox moment. And that was always in the last, almost always at least, in the last five minutes or less of the episode, there would be this big surprise that kind of came out of left field. Uh, and she called that the snake in the mailbox moment. And this was like a two-headed snake. Yeah. <laughs> you know, first Dee Dee is like being told what to do by Ferris. And is that the first time she's been told what to do by Ferris or not? Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm thinking not. 
And then, Brian, you hear what his phone call was about, why they need him back at Langley, because they found Finola's father. So, obviously, they must have gotten something out of Ash. Yep. You know, and he's saying going to Washington, uh, some, not wetlands, but something lands in Washington. So, obviously, a picture came across that screen. So, it's like, yeah, the two-headed snake out of the mailbox. Holy crap. <laughs> Yeah, is is uh, Didi uh, a full blown or occasionally, when helpful, operative for Ferris? I think it is definitely not something she's doing willingly. No, I don't either. But I don't think she's a full blown operative because that's why she is trying to warn Panola. Right. Because you didn't see anything on Ferris's face that she had suspicious looks at Didi. Right. When she's telling her blah, 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 Michelle's country house. Really? That's what you mean? Michelle's country house? You want to go there? Yeah, something like that. Ferris, that was like over her head. Yeah. Right. So. Yeah, she didn't seem to be suspicious of that. So. She's holding, I'm sure she's holding, if this, even if this is the first time, she's holding her drug use and probably throwing her into jail over her head. Or I would her suspect. boyfriend. Or her boyfriend. Right. Yeah. yeah, she's got probably some kind of legal trouble that we could bring down on you unless... Yeah, you do this. Yeah. And what's Dee Dee going to do? I mean, she's like, you know, Finola is the apparently smarter of the two sisters who went out and has this big career with MI6. And now she's on this team where she's over in the States you know, et cetera, et cetera. And here's Dee Dee back home, you know, kind of moving along from day to day. And she's a drug user. And yeah, you know, Ferris could come along and say, guess what? And what's Dee Dee going to say? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. So, so that was her. I like that. Cause that was her. Cause you know, when Finola first had that look on her face, I was like, okay. And I didn't think of the whole phrase, Michelle's country house. I'm trying to sit there and go, who the hell's Michelle? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was you know. thinking it was like a stepmom or something. Yeah. You know, yeah. Was, is this a character? Like that, yeah, that's what stood out first. And then when Finola yeah. explains it, it's like, oh. Yeah. When she said the whole thing. And I've eaten at Michelle's country house. They have some great pancakes. But um, <laughs> very light and fluffy. So, yeah. But you could see immediately on Finola's face like, oh, really? Are you sure? Yeah. And uh, then when she tells Brian, she just used a code word we had as kids. Whoa. And I'm thinking, is there any kind of coincidence? This is a tinfoil hat theory without any theory to it at all. Is there something about her using a code from their childhood and this video of them being a kid when they were kids? Um, was it two episodes back? Right. Is there any connection to that? I don't know what it could be, but is there any connection to that video of them being kids and now she's using a code word? We obviously figure out why. A code word from their childhood. Is it just coincidence or is there some kind of a string they're kind of, you know, dangling there wanting to tie to something? I don't know. I think there's a mighty big string tied to that phone of Dee Dee's. Well, do tell us, Mr. Michael's Crafts and Art Shop. <laughs> I think Ferris has had that thing bugged all along. And she's the one who provided Dee Dee with the video. Oh, interesting. 
Well, you mean she's had Dee Dee's phone? Because I'm assuming that's Ferris's phone she handed back to her. No, it was her phone. It had to be, because otherwise it would have said Ferris on the... Oh, yeah. No. So what the hell was that text message? I can't... Well, I guess I guess her I guess she would have sent a message to Dee Dee. I can't talk right now. Right. Yeah. 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 So she thinks that she's had her. See, and we've been saying that my six might have air orbital bugged. Right. We've been talking about that in the past. Yeah, could be. Oh, oh well, wow. That was just way too convenient for Dee Dee to call her with that video. And like she just found it on her phone out of nowhere. Like. <laughs> What? I'm, yeah, I'm guessing either from the get-go at the formation of orbital, or now that things have been going along, and um, um, her father has reemerged. I'm thinking either from the get-go or now since the father reemerging. I'm guessing that Ferris or maybe even some of her higher-ups are saying that Fanola is a strong agent, but she's got this big. Achilles heel right about her father and about family and relationships and that sense of connectedness that could end up like um like Obi-Wan tells Luke you know bury your feelings they do you credit but they could be used to serve the emperor right um you know where she feels that that's a weakness and now that the father popped up and now that that's come back to the surface of Finola's mind you know, I'm sure Ferris, at the very least now, is sitting there going, we need to, you know, kind of clamp off this artery before there's too much bleeding. Right. So now she's got Dee Dee thrown into the mix. Yep. And I agree against her wishes. Yeah, clearly. Well, yep. you know how we feel about the episode, and we want to know how you feel about it. So shoot us an email at contact us at fangirlzone.com. Because we'd love to hear from you, and while you're at it, please rate and review us on your podcast platform of choice, as good ratings and reviews help other fans of the show find us. Tell your friends about this show, and we do hope you're enjoying our podcast. For this episode of Falling Pieces, I'm Sean Fangirl S. Where, where am I? <laughs> I'm Terry, and I've sat in a marsh for this entire episode. And I'm Steve. Why are we here? <laughs>